Greeting with the holy words, peace. Well, we got round one done. <laughs> we'll just keep on. One of the things I want to talk about, it bothers me with church people, is all the responsibility that we put on God and not taking responsibility that we're supposed to take on when we become Christians. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? And it's, uh, there are just certain things and certain attitudes, as you call yourself a Christian, that goes with it and certain behaviors. There ought to be certain behaviors that we have because we are God's ambassadors. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And so there are things that, that, that's neglecting in the church because sometimes we're afraid to hurt people's feelings or we don't want to get in the midst of something. But if it is a church person, it is your responsibility if you're responsible and God has called you to deal with it. Let me tell you, everybody in here is called to do something for somebody other than themselves. The people that are, have the most joy in their life are the people who reach out for others, to help others. And so what we want to talk about this morning briefly is, is uh, Paul really hits it pretty hard, I think is Paul right. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle. Sometimes, you know, there are too many people sitting in congregations that are idle. Idle mean doing nothing. You know, see, it's kind of hard for some pastors to probably get up and, and, and go up to somebody and ask them, uh, do you have a job? You know, you need, to get, you need to get a job. You need to do something with your life. Your life is too idle. Do something. Does that make sense what I'm saying? And sometimes even, even uh, in the, uh, the ministers or people who have titles in the church, you don't have a title just to have the title. There should be some work behind the title. The title is a certificate for you to do the work of God and to fulfilling the calling, right? One of the things, especially in the African-American church that's hurt is everybody wants to be a minister. And then you know they have that pulpit up here and all these folks are sitting down idle. You see, no, that ain't happening in here. You see, somebody asked me, when are you, one of my classmates once asked me, when are you going to retire? I said, when I can't talk, walk, and think. As long as I can talk, walk, and think. I'm not going to be idle. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, so he's saying, uh, and, and we should urge our brothers and sisters, one, those who are idle, and? Disruptive. Disruptive. Sometimes there are people, there's more hell going on in some churches than it's outside of the church. Right? Now, we don't have that here because we don't have all these titles in here. But he's saying, no, we don't have that in the church. And see, a lot of times, a lot of people outside the church don't want to come to the church because what they see in the church. Are you with me? He said, so we can't be, what? What's that word? Disruptive. Can't be disruptive in the church, right? And sometimes, you know, uh, they won't say it, but I know there's some people in here that would like to turn around and tell some folks to shut up <laughs> because they're being disruptive, right? Amen. Right, you know? Uh, okay. Encourage the what? Disheartened. The, the, who's supposed to encourage? Don't pray for me. Encourage me. Do you understand what I'm saying is? Sometimes we're supposed to encourage the disheartened. And I don't care how long you've lived. Well, you're lying if you say you haven't. 
there's been something in your life where you needed somebody to help you to get through something. And, and does that make sense? And that word is what? Disheartened. And sometimes you can be disheartened. Life was going to bring that to you more than once. You remember? It's more and once. There are just things that are going to happen that you have to be prepared to deal with, and we're supposed to encourage those folks, those people. And they don't want to hear, well, I know how you feel. Because you're lying. You know, it always bothers me. Come on here. It always bothers me, especially with spouses, when somebody loses a spouse and somebody that's got their spouse going home with their spouse, telling that when I know how you feel. Now, I'd be the wrong one to do that with. Others are probably just kind of, uh, I wouldn't let you get away with that. No, you don't know how I feel, and you don't want to know how I feel. Do you understand? But you encourage them, and one of the best ways, do you need anything? Can I help you? I'm praying for you. And keep moving. And if they, if they want you, and help the weak. He's talking to church people. There are going to be some weaker people. The strong have to bear the infirmities of the weak. There are some, there are some weak people, and there's strong people, have to bear the infirmities of the weak. You all know, well, most of you in here, you know that a team, on a team, every team, even the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they have a weakness somewhere. And, and so they have the other players to do what? Cover up for that weakness. Am I making any kind of sense to you at all? Right, you see, if you have a weakness, since you all are going to watch the Chiefs tonight, if the if the offensive line is weak and the, and and, are, and somebody that's, that's called blitzing for you all that don't know that's when them linebackers come, they keep a fullback in to cover the weakness. We're the same way. Sometimes I need somebody to help me in my weakness. Are you with me? I don't know why I might, you have to keep going. Oh, weak and the patient. Oh, oh, you better read this one because. It's a little difficult, but we must be patient with everyone. <laughs> and we, must, we must be patient with everyone. No, be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. <laughs> yeah. It says, be patient with everyone. I was watching, flipped on a football game, Alabama was playing. And I thought that Coach Saban was going to have a stroke. Oh, it was crazy. He just lost his mind. But see, but you have to be patient with everyone. And I know that that is a weakness of mine. Because I have a hard time with people who know better. Why don't you do better? Amen. And so, but, but the Bible says it's not about me. It's about them because some people need more help than other people, so you have to be a, a little bit more patient with them yeah. than you would be with other people. And there's some that's more responsible. And you remember what your mother said? Used to say, when, if you, especially if it's oldest child, you knew better. Well, that one, they didn't give them a lot of patience. But the other ones they had a little bit more patience for because they weren't as mature as the others. Am I making sense? Yeah. And so it says be patient with everyone. We'll get past that. <laughs> And in verse 15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. It never works. It never works. Don't pay back wrong for wrong. Because I've watched it in all my life that anybody that's done wrong, sooner or later, it catches up with them. You know, would you steal from God? Say no. Well, he said vengeance was whose? So if you take vengeance on a person, you're stealing God's vengeance. Huh? You see what I'm saying? So just let them, you know, they'll sink, 
you know, I, I, Pastor Bishop Smith used to say the church came out of, if you dig a hole, dig two. All right? So, so are, are we doing all right? Because we need to learn, this needs to start with us as individuals, and then it gets in the household, it gets in the household, it gets in the communities, and once it gets in the communities, then we're safer. All right? Always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And we need to do what is good for each, for who? Each other and everyone else. There are some things that I'm not capable of doing, but there's some other people in the church that's capable of doing, and they do that for me, but then in turn, there's some things that I can do for them. Are you with me? And so it says always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. That's in the church. The, no one in the church, listen to me, no one in the church should be lacking anything. The reason you're lacking something, you haven't called me. Because if I don't have it, I know somebody in the church who does have it and, and, and is willing to give. If you ask not, you have not. You understand? All right, are we good? All right, and, and, and then I'm repeating, I'm doing all these different versions because I want to make sure that Christ Temple North is a church that has the behaviors that God has asked us to have. Yes, yes. he's asked us to have. There ought to be behaviors. We don't just sit up in here and jump and, and shout and, and all that good time. No, after that's over, when I'm out there, if I'm hungry, would you feed me? If I need a ride, would you stop by and pick me up? If I need encouragement, would you encourage me? If I'm brokenhearted, would you lift my heart up? That's what I need, okay? That's right. Coming from the message, gently encourage the stragglers. There, there's always going to be stragglers. As, as, uh, there's all, and if you watch a distance race, you watch a distance race like cross country or those things, what is really exciting is when the people get behind the people that are behind. Yeah. The people up front don't need you to encourage them. It's the ones behind you that need you to encourage them. Do you understand that? There's just some people, you know, we have to encourage them. Come on, you can do it. Just keep in there. Hang on in there. Just keep moving. Keep moving. And we have to do that in life. Does that make sense? Sometimes they, people just don't get it right when they, we think they should get it. But it's not about us. It's about us encouraging them until they get to the point that they can get it for themselves. And reach out for for the exhausted, is that what it says? Yes. We gotta reach out for the exhausted. Let me tell you something. When someone goes to, through something, yes, when someone goes through something, some of you all have never buried a parent or, or a loved one or, or a spouse, you are exhausted. Yes. I've lost both of mine. You're exhausted. You're totally exhausted. And we need somebody to do what? What does it tell us to do? It tells us to what? Reach out. Reach out to the exhausted. That now is easy because you got the cell phones with just texting and all that kind of stuff. Just reach out. See, you'd be surprised how you can strengthen somebody by what you say yes. or text, which you all do now. Strengthen them. They're exhausted. They're tired. You see? And sometimes this, to reach out for the exhausted is to not bother them. You see? <laughs> Pull them up on their what? Pull them up on their feet. Sometimes we need a hand. Just pull them up. Just lift them up. Pull them up on their feet. That's, what, that's not God's duty to do that. That's our duty to do that. 
That's just what this church is supposed to do. You see somebody, you all in here, we're a small enough church that you can look and see, and some of you are very close to each other. You can see somebody, your face, you can read their eyes. Your eyes will tell you what to, then pull them up. You see, it's not, what's, what's wrong with you? That's not how it works. Go ahead. Here we go again. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs. You got to be patient with each person. Then I got to do what? Be attended to their needs. Everybody, listen to me. There are certain people who have certain needs. And if God has asked you to do that, he's given you what it takes to help them with their needs. Does that make sense? One of the greatest things that, that can happen is when you minister to some Body else. I'm telling you. We, see, quit making things about us and let's make it about them. You see, it, it really bothers me when I hear church people, and I'm around a lot of church people, and I'm not talking here. You all do a good job here. When I hear church people talk other people down. You see? You know, there, you know somebody, does it say each other's needs? Does it say that? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes people just need a conversation. Yeah. Sometimes they just need for you to just call them up. You see? Send some flowers. Yeah, you can do that. You you understand what I'm talking about? Tend to other people's needs. You see, and quit calling them needy. You know why they're needy? Because you ain't doing your job. All right? It's never a good thing. Brother DJ said it years ago. It's not good for me to have to go through something. When I go through something, you know, I got a bad attitude. We're going to take big care of business in here. If your pastor keeps going and going and going, he expects you to what? Keep going and going and helping those others. You know, I was, I was uh, and sometimes, you know, I have a great sense of humor. Sometimes when you go to the doctor, you see those people have been working all day. You know, they're tending to your needs. Encourage them. I had to go with, I think, Tuesday. No, Wednesday, I had to get, they gave me so many shots that Gwen even thought I was a pincushion. But on the next day, I had to go get another shot. And so, uh, you know, everybody's sitting in there, you know, people sitting there, and this one young lady sitting there, must have been in her 40s, over there getting ready to get a shot. And then this, the young lady comes to me and said, Mr. Fields, I'm your nurse, I'm so-and-so, I'm going to give you a shot uh, today. And I said, okay. And she said, but I have to warm it up. And she warmed, came back and says, now, what do you want it at? Do you want it in your stomach or you want it there? She says, because I have to have some fat. And I said, honey, you see how buff I am? <laughs> Sounds like me, doesn't it? Yeah, right. And so she cracked up laughing and it eased her. And of course, everybody else laughed. And then when she gave me the shot, I took it in the arm over here. And I said, either I got a lot of fat or you're really good. Because it's not hurting really good. But sometimes we can encourage people when we at our world. Come on here. Come on. It didn't take any time for me to do that. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes somebody just needs a little humor in their life. All right? Where am I at? Verse 15 from the message says, Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Read that again. (laughs) 
careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. That's right. So when you're going, in other words, it's telling you, you're going to get on each other's nerves. Yeah, you're going to get on each other. Don't y'all up there all sitting all, when they get in church, they're all up close. They know, and going to get party for the day's over. Right. You're going to get on somebody's nerves, but don't snap. Remember that. Oh, you got it? All right. You all got it? It's looking at me on live stream? All right. Look for the best in each other. And look for the best in each other. And see, we always want to look for the worst in each other. Look for the best in each other. You see? Look for the best in each other. Whether you like it or not, there's some good in everybody. There's some good in everybody. What we need to do is find the good. Look for the best. Okay? And always do your best to bring it out. And what we do is bring the best to bring the good out instead of bringing what? The worst out. You see? Bring the best out of each other. You understand what I'm talking about? It doesn't try... Rita Franklin, wouldn't you? Try a little tenderness. Yeah, whoever done that. Yeah, no, some of you all knew that. Oh, the Freddie said, try a little tenderness. You see, when you try tenderness, it'll bring the best out in somebody else. We try to bring the best. Spouses, bring the best out in each other. In your children, bring the best out in each other. Friends, bring the best out in each other. Church members, bring the best out in each other. That's what we're to do. Okay, And when you bring the best out in somebody, guess what? They feel good about themselves, and you feel good about yourself. All right? All right. NIV says rejoice. Are we going to something else now? Nope, that's it. Rejoice always. And rejoice always. Let me tell you something. Rejoice. It, it sounds hard, but rejoice. When I go in, and you know, some of you have never had chemo before, but when you go in, there's a whole lot of people, and they're all sitting around in those things. And I walk in. And just like I'm walking here now, how can I not do nothing but rejoice when I see them people sitting over there sick and folks really going through something? Rejoice. What I'm going through, I rejoice in well, always. I say, thank you, Lord. I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The only thing that's bothering me today is my voice, but you all can still hear me, correct? Right? right. You see, thank you, Lord. So re let me tell you something. Every one of you in here has got something to rejoice about. Yeah, here. You're here this morning, right? You see? So we need to always find the good, find something to rejoice in. And if nothing else, you saved? Yes. Well, rejoice in that salvation. Right. And it says pray continually. We need to, 17, it's pray for continually. We need to continually pray. Mm -hmm. Prayer is the key to everything. Pray, pray, and when you can't pray, keep praying anyhow. Right. You are the strongest when you're on your knees. Right. You pray... You pray for, you pray for, you ask for forgiveness. That's a prayer of forgiveness for your past. You passed that now. You say, you pray for your now and you pray for your future. But continually praying. A lot of people ask me what I need. No, I don't need nothing but prayer. Prayer. Probably, I don't know who it is and I don't, I don't care who it is, but all I've been through and still standing, somebody's prayer has been answered here. Amen. <laughs> you see? I don't know who it is, but somebody's prayer has been answered here. You see? Because I'm one that believes in the power of prayer. 
So the Bible tells us to pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's 18. It says give thanks in all circumstances. No matter what circumstance it is, thank you, Lord. Because there is a blessing in the lesson. So I'm getting a lesson from everything. So now what my circumstance is, I'm going to thank God for that circumstance. You see what I'm talking about? That's right. And say, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. You a child of God? Then whatever you're going through is God's will through Jesus Christ. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. There's a lesson God wants to give you to get through it. So I'm going to, you want to continue thanking him. Give thanks in all circumstances. Have you ever had a financial crisis? Got out of it? Thanks for the financial crisis. It led me to financial security. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are y'all with me this morning? All right. Because this is our duty. This is what we're supposed to do. You see, you're dependent on God to do something. He's already given you the, the agenda to deal, do with it. All right? That's right. And in verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Now, that's what I wanted to get to. You have the power to quench the Holy Spirit. I remember when something that happened in, in the house of water was, was coming up outside one of Gwen's projects whatever that thing is out there, water in the grass. I think the heavens ought to do it, but she wanted something different. And so something else happened. One of those things busted, and I had so much power. There was a little bitty thing down there, and all I had to do was turn it, and all the water was down. All the water was gone. Just that little bitty thing, and it took away all the power of the water. The Holy Spirit's the same way. The Holy Spirit's the same way. You can quench the spirit by one little bitty thing that happens to you. Get that bad attitude. Boom. You quench the spirit. Are y'all with me? You see? All of those things we talked about. Remember sweet spirit we talked about last week? You allow somebody to get in your head, to get in your ear and take you someplace that you didn't want to go. And the next thing you know, you've quenched the spirit. And quench, did you have that? Mm -hmm. Quench means what? To destroy put out or extinguish. You done put out and destroyed a great day today because you allowed somebody else to get cut you in traffic on your way home. Felt good today, sitting there beside you, whoever you're beside of, feeling real good. You see, didn't like what was cooked. You see? And you quenched the spirit. You have the power to quench the spirit. The Bible says, do not quench the spirit. That's right. Think about what you're doing. You have the power to cause the Holy Spirit to quit moving in your life. That's what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. So why, why would you, well, I'm upset. Why would you give your upset the power to quench the spirit working in your life? You need to think about that. All right? And quenching is also when you live with your own preferences rather than believing and living God's precepts. It's it's all good. It's all good. Do it again. Read, please. When you live with your own preferences rather than believing and living God's precepts. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. When I do it my way, it quenches the spirit. The spirit says, okay, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, you go for it. So you think you can handle it? 
You go for it. You want that? Think you can handle it? Oh, so you think you, you, you think you can, let me tell you this here, okay? You, everybody want to be healthy? Amen. So you say, God, keep me healthy. Yeah, because I don't want to be like Pastor Fields. So I don't need that, and I don't know why he's got that. So he must be such and such. You quench the spirit in your life. You understand what I'm saying? Don't quench it. Don't quench it. You see, I'm very kind, and you know another way that you can quench the spirit, gentlemen? Say, teach me, Pastor. The Bible says, in the book Peter writes in there, it says, be careful how you treat your wife. It'll hinder your prayers. So, yes, the scriptures. Don't be looking at me like I ain't got it's in here. Yeah, you see? So you got the power by mistreating your wife that, that will hinder the spirit from working in your life. You can get that when you get home. Or somebody can look it up and, and get it for us after church, and I'll let them read it. You see what I'm talking about? We need to get this stuff in here. That's our responsibility. You got the power to allow the spirit to move, or you got the power to quench the spirit. You see, some of you got in bad relationships and bad financial situations and circumstances because you didn't listen to the spirit and got hooked up, whatever up you got into, uh, and caused, caused, you another, caused you another problem because it wasn't the Holy Spirit that told you to make that move. You understand? You bought something and didn't pray about it, and the Holy Spirit wasn't in it. And look what, look what it costs you, because we're supposed to pray for all things. They did it not say a few minutes ago, but I didn't pray about this thing because this is the thing that I want. And sometimes it just ends up a thing. That's good teaching. All right. Now the voice says, don't suppress the, and the spirit. And the voice says, don't suppress the spirit. We're going to get this right. Don't you want the Holy Spirit working in your life? Work, if it works in your life, it'll work in your home, it'll work in your relationships. Do you understand me? Physically, spiritually, mostly, and financially, the Holy Spirit will work for you. He wants to work for you. So don't quince it. Okay? The Holy, if you've made mistakes in your life, that's on you, not the Holy Spirit, because last I heard it, don't make mistakes. That's right. All right? And the passion puts it this way, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. You kidding me? There's nothing like the fire of the Holy Spirit. It gives you power. You don't put that out, you see, but you have the power to do that. So take responsibility. It's your responsibility to do what we just got through talking about doing here. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life in every part of your life, every body of your life. And we'll talk about the bodies we have here in a minute, I think. All right. All right. Verse 20, do not treat prophecies with contempt. Prophecy is content. That's what I'm doing now. That's what I'm doing now. I'm giving you prophecy right now. Don't feed it content. What scripture is it? First Peter 3, verse 7. First Peter 3, verse 7. Every man, you want to read it because the women are, they can't wait to read it. Read it from the NIV. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. 
You can stop the Holy Spirit from working. According to the book, you praying, you might as well just shut your mouth. Because he ain't hearing you. Go, go, go back in there in the kitchen and apologize. <laughs> or wherever you're at and apologize. Because ain't nothing going to work for you. Yeah, you can stay on your knees. With that song, I prayed and I prayed all night long. Ain't working because you didn't take care of it right over here. That ain't me saying that because I wouldn't have put it that way. That's the book saying it that way. I would say as wives, treat your husband right or your prayers will be hindered. But the Bible says that. So I'm trying to get you to understand there are things that you can do as an individual that can cause your life misery because God will not answer your prayers. You see? All right, here we go. So again, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. So test them all. So if you don't believe me, act a fool. <laughs> test it. Test the word of God. Test it. Hold on to what is good. We need to hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. That's 21 and 22. And reject every kind of evil. Reject it. It starts in the, It starts here. And then it goes to the household. This is what we're teaching our children. It's the spirit in us that's going to help us to get through. Have you noticed, now this is me talking now from the Gospel of Johnny. Have you noticed all those people that went to Staley and they moved their kids to Staley for a better school? Now they got a mess up there at Staley, just like it. Yes. And, and uh, what's that? Liberty North got the same problem they got because it's not by, uh, what I want. It's not geographic or where you're going. It's who you are when you take it there. You got it, you see? You see? We've been getting on the young boys in the uh, Trevor's class. See, I don't want Trevor to have to deal with it. He'd probably try to talk to the boys. I got the parents. Yeah, set up. Have some discipline. Because if you don't have discipline and you don't have the spirit, when you get up into that high school age, and you don't really have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're going to wind up on the drugs. You're going to wind up in... They've had two kids, one killed and two, three shot already up in the last couple of weeks in that area. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? This works. This works. Amen. Verse 23, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Here's what I want. I want God, the God of peace, to do what sanctify my life. Yeah. I want God to sanctify my... The Holy Spirit wants to sanctify your life. Yeah. He can do... You can't do it on your own. But God, God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, you, sanctify you through and through. Yeah. You see, that's my prayer. That should be all our prayers. Lord, sanctify me through and through. You see, you get home, get on your knees, hold hands. Lord, sanctify me through and through. Then, Lord, sanctify us through and through. Because sanctification works. It will keep you when nothing else fails. Everything else fails. Sanctification will keep you. All right? All right. And may your whole spirit, soul. Oh, wait a minute. Here's what I like. May your whole spirit, your spirit, whole spirit. Remember, there's more than one body. Spirit, soul, and body. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. I want my spirit to be sanctified, my soul to be sanctified, my body to be sanctified until God calls me home. That's what that's talking about. 
That's what it's like. You know, what we need is sanctification in us. You see, they used to call some churches call themselves sanctified church. Ain't no such thing as sanctified church. We're going to, the church may be sanctified. That's why they got all the hell and the, the building sanctified, and the people ain't. We want sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost people. Then we'll have good families, all right, through and through. So sometimes my spirit gets off. Yes, yes. Sometimes my spirit gets off. So I'm glad that God. Sometimes my soul gets off. Sometimes you know that body sure enough needs sanctified. And kept blameless to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you learning something? Yes. Okay. From the voice that puts it this way. So now, may the God of peace make you his own completely and set you apart from the rest. All right. The God of peace is going to do what? He's going to fix you up, folks. He's going to set you aside from the rest. I always told my kids, they understood it. You know, a lot of parents tell their kids, well, you're nobody to nobody else. That's sad. If you got a kid in your house and they ain't no better than nobody else, nobody else? That's kind of sad. You see, you got to put it in context. You see, God sets us apart. We're special. You know, everybody ain't going to heaven. You see, some folks are walking around with evil spirits. Y'all do know that, right? There's some mean people. There's some abusive people. You see, one thing that's been bothering me here lately, everybody look at me. This is a political thing I'm getting ready to say. I am so sick of these athletes beating women up and misusing these women and getting away with it because they can run up a, up a field or hit a baseball or shoot a basketball. I think that is totally ridiculous, period. That what they need to do is uh, before you get your contract, you've got to sit down with somebody that will tell you about Christ and him crucified. You see? You see? Because it's time for us to quit saying, look at me. It's time for us to quit saying and making excuses Well, he didn't have a father. Yeah. Neither did she. You see what I'm saying? And it's time for us to quit making excuses because there is a place where they can go and get fathering and mothering and it's called the church. Amen to that. Amen. And, and for you all that go around here talking, because I'm on a rampage now, the <laughs> little boys need role models. So do little girls, because they marry. When you're a good father, you fathers, you're good fathers, you got a daughter, then you want her to marry somebody like you. If you don't, then you need to change your ways. Okay. I'm done with that little rampage. <laughs> Continuing with the voice, may your spirit soul and body be preserved. May your spirit, soul, and body be preserved. All right? All right. Kept in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. Yeah. All right? Kept intact and wholly free from any sort of blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus, the anointed. That's, that's what I want to be kept intact. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be doing that here. Thank you. I'm supposed to be doing that here until Jesus Christ comes. You see? Are y'all with me? Amen. We want to have a good church family here. And we want our kids to grow up strong. You see? We want our kids to be able to make it through all the hell that's going on in this country right now. You understand what I'm saying? It's up to us to do it. But you can't do it if you ain't got it. You can't give what you ain't got. So first of all, you need to ask God to give it to you so that you can give it to them. 
All right. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God is faithful, and he'll do it. Everything that I just got through saying in here, God has called you. He's faithful. He'll do it. He'll give you everything you need to live the life that you, he would have you to live. If you believe in him and trust in him and be obedient. See, one thing about it, they used to say in the old church, uh, salvation, I mean, salvation is free. Yeah, salvation's free, but living the life is hard because there's some rules. You see what I'm saying? There are some rules we must be, and we're not afraid of that here, are we? We want to be the best of the best. And then better than the rest. And that's how we, that's how we roll over here, right. right? We want to be strong men and strong women over here, mm-hmm. right? So that we can have strong children over here and strong grandchildren over here, right? Because what you don't know is, look at me, when you raise one kid, you raise three generations. You see? And you want, we want all our generations to inherit the blessings that God has stored up for them and we don't want anything to do to quench the spirit of moving in our lives and our children's lives and our grandchildren's lives. Amen to that? Amen. And yes. into our church members' lives. Amen to that? Amen. All right. You can give God a hand clap if you want. All right. Verse 24 from the message, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. And to keep me what? Fit. Fit. I want to be fit for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, sometimes uh, one thing I used to worry about being fit physically. Well, life took care of all that. But anyway, but I want, I want to be fit when Jesus Christ comes. I want to be spiritually fit to meet the master. Are you with me? All right. The one who called you is completely dependable. God has called you. Has he called you? He's, he's dependable. He's going to give me everything that I need to fulfill my calling. Do y'all know that? Look at me. Cannot kill me. It can't kill me. Eight times cancer survivor. It can't kill me because God is not through. And he's given me everything he did to complete it. And he is is dependable. He said it, and it is so. He said it so. He said it. He said, I will not start a journey with you, Johnny Chesterfield Jr., until your job is finished. You see? And that's you too. That's you too. You see? You ought to be excited. You ought to be excited about life. Be excited about life. You see? I laugh at her all the time. Sister Lynn gets so excited, she gets excited only excited. But (laughs) get excited about life. They need to see us, but they need to see us fit. You understand what I'm saying? All right. And the passion says, the one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and he will what? Thoroughly complete his work in you. He's going to complete his work in you. Let me tell you all a good thing, okay? Ain't nobody up in here finished. Ain't nobody up in here finished. You got work to do. You got work to do. Let's be about it. Let's be about it. All right? All right. Verse 25, brothers and sisters, pray for us. Now, and I like Paul saying here, I guess it's Paul. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. 
and he always continued. Even though he was a master teacher, a great apostle, he still wanted his brothers and sisters to pray for us. It's just like I do here. I'm your pastor. Brothers and sisters, pray for me. You see? Brothers and sisters, pray for me. You see? Greet all people with a holy kiss. We don't do that anymore because folks don't know what a holy kiss is. But we'll shake hands. <laughs> you ain't didn't hey, hey, come on up in here now. You don't want to get church folks. Because, well, hold on. Because y'all think I'm, there are church members in churches. And then there are Christians in churches. And you don't want to turn them church folks loose kissing folks. Right, right. Oh, amen to that. Amen. So we do a, a, a holy bump. Holy handshake and a holy hug. Okay, let's get that right. And that was their custom. That's not our custom now. All right. All right. Y'all laughing because some of y'all know. Yes. Amen. You can hook somebody wrong over here and be snatched out in that parking lot. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Then he says in verse 27. Here we go. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. And I'm doing it. Yes. So he charged he charging me. Tell you, this is who you're supposed to be. This is on you, people. This is on you. We need to be about doing God's business instead of get, and get do God's business. Stay out of our business, out of other people's business, and do God's business. Because everybody in here, I charge you before the Lord, and I'm charging you. What you've heard this message, you've heard this message. Now you're held responsible. Right. You'd been better off to stay home. Yes. Because where there's much known, much there's much required. Now you know it. Right. You're responsible for it. Right. We want to have a loving church here. Amen. A church that respects each other here. Mm -hmm. You see, no little eyes, big U's, no big U's, little eyes. We respect every person in this church. Mm -hmm. Right? There are brothers and there are sisters. And when one is weak, the other one is strong. Is that right? Amen. When one is exhausted, we pick them up and carry them if we have to because we're brothers and sisters in this church. And this is the way we're going to live in this church. As long as I got breath in me and the rest of them, Isaac and the rest of them, Gwen, it's going to be the same way. I ain't getting ready to die. This is what a church is supposed to be about. It's about a family and taking responsibility to helping one another, loving one another, respecting one another, working with the disheartened, the weak, be patient for those that need it. The exhausted, pick them up and carry them to you. You see, this be a song. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. We need to live like that. That's what the world is looking for. They want us to show them a, a different example than who they are. And we set apart, we set apart for a reason. To let them see us. They need to see us. They don't need to hear us. They need to see us. They need to know that where there is a church you can go and grow and people will respect you and help you grow and give you what you need, the tools, so that you can be successful as a Christian woman, Christian man. Amen to that? Amen. All right. Lastly, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And that's it. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you. Say amen to that. Amen.